You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel. And if you're not already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report. And let's just jump right into the biggest news, not only for Saints-related content and NFC South, but the entire NFL, and that's Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to take some time getting used to and even saying just the idea of Brady to the Bucks. So weird. It's on that Michael Jordan to the Wizards type scale. Or if you're going to put it in football terms, it's Emmett Smith to the Cardinals, Jerry Rice to the Seahawks or Raiders, whichever one you want to pick. It's one of those type moves that you just can't understand. And yet, even though you can't understand it and you can make a bunch of reasons for why it's not a good idea, all the talking heads in the media are going to come out and say Brady and the Bucks are the number one team in the NFC. Brady and the Bucks are the team to beat in the conference and in the South. Or Brady and the Bucks are going to dethrone Breeze and the Saints. And I'm here to shut down all of that talk for now. And again, it's it's really too early to say who's going to win the division. And it's March, and I get it, and we have so much time to go. But the funny thing is how a player like Brady can just get so far just off of their name at this point. And it's not discrediting what he's done. He's a six-time Super Bowl champion. He's the greatest of all time. I get it. There's no point for me to disrespect him in that regard. But I think we have to be fair with what's going on. I think that a lot of people are so quick to think about what he's done and not look at what he's doing. And the reason I say that is, why doesn't Breeze get the attention that Brady gets? Breeze threw three more touchdown passes last season. He also played in six less games. If we're counting the Rams game as not a game at all, six less games, three more touchdown passes. What does that tell you? Oh, well, you know, Drew's got better weapons. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it because I think what we need to stop doing is saying Brady doesn't get good weapons in New England. He had Randy Moss. He had Gronk. He had Hernandez. He had Welker. He had Edelman. He had Deion Branch. And then this year, starting this year, they tried. They got him A.B. It's not, It's not. you know, Belichick's fault that A.B. decided he was going to get caught and get arrested for about 15 different things. It's not Belichick's fault that, as Stephen A. Smith says, Josh Gordon can't lay off the weed. Or it's not Belichick's fault that Gronkowski decides to retire early, okay? So the funny thing is that we love to say he doesn't have weapons. He doesn't have help. But I'll tell you what he did have. He did have the greatest coach of all time. He did have an elite defense, which... If we flip the scenarios here, what would Drew rather have, good weapons or an elite defense? I think the answer is elite defense because if you look at the numbers and you look at the metrics of what the Saints have been when their defenses are competent, they're a playoff team. Brady doesn't have to worry about that. Brady's defense is always good. And the funny thing is, now we're just ignoring who he's played against. I'm I'm from New York. I'm telling you right now, the the Patriots aren't just fortunate that they had a great coach uh, quarterback duo. They played against the Jets, they played against the Dolphins, they played against the Bills, and all three of those teams never got it right at quarterback. The Jets threw in through Pennington and Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and Tim Tebow. Meanwhile, the Bills went through Fitzpatrick and went through a bunch of names before they got to Josh Allen, who we're not even sure is that good yet. And then how about the Dolphins? They've gone through Fitzpatrick as well. Fitzpatrick has played for the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. That tells me everything I need to know about who the Patriots have faced. Well, now... You go from Darnold, Josh Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick to Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, Matt Ryan, an elite quarterback. And I know you guys don't want to hear, but he is. If you go by the numbers, Matt Ryan will be a Hall of Famer when he's done. He's won an MVP. And then Teddy Bridgewater, who just signed with the uh, Panthers earlier this week. 
that's a much better trio in terms of quarterback competition. Well, how about we look at the conference as a whole? Why don't we do that as well? So you have the Saints who are contenders, the Niners who are contenders, the Seahawks who are contenders. You have the Packers. You have the Eagles. You have the Bears who, albeit their quarterback stinks, they have a really good defense. You have the Vikings who are well-rounded, good running game, decent quarterback, good defense. There are teams out there that really can push the Buccaneers. But I'm supposed to believe that people should be scared of the Bucs, that Brady's going to change the notion of what Tampa Bay's been. Here's all I know. And it's the reason why I'm jumping into this topic and I'm starting with the biggest thing and the biggest news and, and what I think pertains to the Saints more than anything. These two games, the Saints and the Bucks, they're both going to be primetime games. And I keep saying it. It's going to mean a lot more than people think. Everyone's going to say it's just another game. I don't think it's just another game. I think these two guys know what these, these two games mean. Because realistically, they could decide the division. And when you're a Hall of Fame quarterback, you need a couple of extra things to put on your resume to get you over others. Now, Brady, he cemented his status as the GOAT. But a guy like Breeze, if he beats Brady twice this year, and he wins the division because of those games, and he's making another playoff run, that helps him. And it's not about helping him getting over Brady. It's helping him getting over other guys who he should be over but isn't getting the respect. It's important. And... Another thing that just baffles me is that I'm supposed to believe that just because he's got Godwin and Mike Evans, that it's supposed to work. What did I tell you guys when I saw Teddy Bridgewater was rumored to go to the Bucks? I said, I don't understand it. He's a check down guy who's not going to throw over the top. Is 43-year-old Tom Brady going to throw over the top? Did something change? Did he take some Captain America super soldier serum that I don't know about? No. And... If that's the case, and he can't throw over the top, the Buccaneers' greatest weapons reduced. Mike Evans' skill is beating you vertically. He's not beating you in the slants. He's not beating you with a curl route. He is beating you over the top. So we're reducing his production. And now AB might come to town. He's part of the package because Brady's got to bring the clown show with him. And I'm I'm supposed to believe now that AB, who couldn't play all of last season because he just couldn't keep the wheels on the track. They kept going off the rails. I'm supposed to believe that he's going to be okay all of a sudden. I don't know about that one. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Chris Godwin. I think he's developing into a very, very solid receiver. But you see the arguments there. And how about O.J. Howard, young tight end from Alabama, has a lot of potential first-round pick. He didn't do anything in Bruce Arians' system, and Brady loves tight ends. Which one's going to, you know, compromise here? Or are are they going to figure it out? And I think that's a concern. I think it's a concern that, Brady likes tight ends, but Bruce Arians doesn't. I think it's a concern that Bruce Arians wants his quarterbacks going deep into their drop so they could throw it over the top of a defense. But Brady wants to be that guy who's going to dink and dunk. I'm not saying it's not going to work, and there are seven teams that are going to make the playoffs this year from each conference. So, heck, the Bucs might be one of those seven teams. But this, this notion that Tampa Bay is just better all of a sudden is dumb. And how about you Saints fans? And this isn't to be an, uh, you know an assault on you guys in a sense, but... We've been saying for the last, what, 10 years that Breeze gets no respect. If you flip the scenarios, he's better than Brady. We've, we've all been saying that type of stuff. We've been saying, give us a Super Bowl matchup so he can beat him head-to-head, and everyone can see what a great quarterback Drew is. And now you got some people going, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to face the Buccaneers. I don't want to go through Brady. What the hell is that? And you're telling me, oh, well, you know what? I don't think we're going to be able to win the division. And my response to you is... It doesn't matter what you think! 
It doesn't matter because the reality is the Saints team is well-rounded. This Bucks team is talented. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure you just stick a 43-year-old quarterback on that team and say, that's it. We found the formula. You know, I, I don't know if that's it. And it's not just about these Saints-Bucks games that are important. It's the idea that a Buccaneers team with a new quarterback who's going to have to learn a new system for the first time in over a decade, it's going to just run smoothly. I find this fascinating, and, and it hasn't been talked about that much, but I think it should. The Buccaneers are the only team that offered him a contract. And this isn't from me. This is from Ian Rappaport, who said, the Buccaneers are the only team that gave him a contract offer that's known, at least. Why is that? Why wasn't his market as good as it, as it might seem for someone who's considered the GOAT? Why not? Why didn't San Francisco go get him? Why didn't Tennessee go get him? San Francisco said, I'd rather have Garoppolo. Tennessee said, I'd rather have Tannehill. And, and I'm supposed to think that Tom Brady now going to the Bucks is supposed to scare me? No. And it's not just about him being old. It's just, at the end of the day, I don't see the fit. And the NFC's tough, and he's had it very lucky with the AFC. And I think now we're going to get to find out who is the mastermind behind the Patriots. Because what if Brady goes to Tampa and Tampa doesn't play that well? And Bill Belichick takes, you know, Andy Dalton from the frickin' Bengals and wins 11 games. What do we say now? He won 11 with Matt Castle. He looked good with Jimmy Garoppolo. He looked pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. What are we going to say now? And I think that's an interesting debate. And it's not, again, you guys think it's me just being disrespectful towards Tom Brady. It's not. It's the fact that someone needs to come up and someone needs to be realistic about who he is. Did you guys know that last season... Brady and Jameis Winston had the same QBR, 53.7. But everyone said, oh, you can't win with Jameis. He throws too many picks. And look, I get it. You can't win when, you know, Mr. Crab likes just throwing 30 interceptions a game. You can't, okay? You can't. And I get that. But the Patriots are only winning games because their defense last year. They weren't winning games because Tom Brady and his noodle arm were, you know, dinking and dunking to Edelman and Burkhead and any other white guy they could find off the streets in Massachusetts. It's just, it's the truth. And I think we're going to get our answer. I really do. So many people, you're going to turn on the TV. It could be Thursday. It could be Wednesday, Friday. I don't care what day you're going to pick. You turn on the TV and someone's going to say, man, Buccaneers with Brady yet. This is the team where you should bet on them. They're a sleeper. No, I, I, I'm, I'm just not buying it. He could have went to any division in the NFC. I would have told you the same thing. But now you're telling me that the guy who's been battling shit quarterbacks year in, year out in his division is going to go up against a Hall of Famer, an MVP, and Teddy Bridgewater. And I get it. You want to dismiss Bridgewater? Fine. But the Panthers are much better than whatever the AFC East you know, has to offer in terms of their worst. Look at what the Dolphins were last year, and look at what the Panthers were. I think we know the Panthers are a better team, especially if the Panthers were healthy last year. So... Again, so many reasons to be skeptical about this. But I get it. It's a good storyline. You're going to have two quarterbacks defying the odds in their 40s, competing not just for a division title, another chance to win a Super Bowl title. And that's very interesting, and it's intriguing. And it will generate headlines. You will see the Saints on a big-time game, if not two of them. One might be a Sunday night against the Bucks, and the other might be a Thanksgiving game. I mean, I cross my fingers, and I hope it's not, but... Those are the, that's the reality, because you have two of the top five to ever play the game. 
in the same division. And the, the funniest thing about this, or at least the most ironic thing, is we all love to say, what if Breeze didn't get hurt and his medical checked out and he goes to the Dolphins and it's Breeze versus Brady. Now we have that opportunity. It might be late. I get that. They're in their 40s. Their careers are almost over. But we're going to get the chance to see that. And before I switch you know, gears on this topic and switch over to, to something else regarding the Saints, two more things I want to get in here with Breeze and Brady. Everyone, again, it's your opinion. I, I respect it. But a lot of people said 25 mil, that's, that's not a pay cut. I don't know what Drew's doing. Would you rather have Drew Brees for $25 million or Tom Brady for $30? Yeah, and I think that's a... Some people might think it's a fair question. I don't think it's a fair question. I think there is no doubt in my mind, give me Brees for $25 over Brady for $30. Why would I want the the option who's not as good right now for more money? I, I don't get it. And my second thing is, and this is where I'm going to end this, this little Brees-Brady thing, we need to stop as a whole... I don't care what fan you are. You could be a Saints, you could be a Bucks, you could be a Patriots. I don't care what fan you are. We need to stop giving excuse after excuse after excuse for Brady. And yet, if someone else doesn't perform at the quarterback position, we're ready to rip them. We are ready to pounce on Drew if he makes a mistake. We are ready to pounce on a Rivers, on a Big Ben. Brady's had nine lives. The man has not played well in two years. But we're sitting there and we're saying... He's going to run the NFC? I don't think so. I really don't. So like I said, tougher competition. He's towards the end of his career. I don't think he throws a good deep ball. And I also don't think the Buccaneers are just magically better than the Saints all of a sudden. And I think that's definitely something fair to talk about. I would love to know what you guys think about that topic. Brady, Breeze, where do you stand on it? Are you one of those fans that says, Saints got this? Are you one of those fans who were pretty nervous? And you're saying, I don't know if we got this. I'm... I could see Brady making a run. I could see him shaking it up. I want to know your thoughts on that. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram, either one. Um, And before we get into the next topic, just a little reminder. Remember, we're going to have a call-in segment on the Straight Up Saints podcast that will come soon. I'm targeting next week, obviously, with, you know, the virus going around. Everyone's quarantined. I got to keep you all entertained. And I think that's something that we could do for sure. I'll get the line-in number for you guys and we'll pick out a date for the calls but I think that's something we should definitely experiment with next week so please stay tuned for that now got a couple more minutes here on the straight up Saints podcast and let's talk about Von Bell and whether or not the Saints should resign the man from Ohio State and I don't even think it's um you know a question of if it's why aren't they why hasn't it happened yet and I think the answer is he is market's not great and unfortunately for the Saints, you have to be strategic here. And you got to say, if Von Bell's not, you know, sitting on the market with a bunch of suitors, do we wait and see how low the price gets before we resign him? Because he's still a really good player. But if you get him for cheaper, it's a Patriots-type move. I, I respect it. So I think that's what's going on right now. I think the Saints want Von Bell. I think they know he's important. But I think what's really, really interesting about all of this is that while Von Bell's on the market... A former Saints safety joins him on the open market in Malcolm Jenkins, who his team option wasn't picked up by the Eagles. I get it. He wants to get a big salary, and a lot of fans are saying, make the reunion happen. And I'm not saying I'm against the reunion. I love Malcolm Jenkins. The Saints' biggest mistake for a while was just not re-signing him and getting Jairus Burt. They regret that decision for a while, like two to three seasons where they just couldn't shake it off, and he thrived in Philadelphia. 
Malcolm's older. And forget about the age. I'm not even going to talk about the age. Because the Saints, I don't want to mention his name, but I got it just for this you know, argument right here. The Saints got Darren Sharp at an old age, and he worked out just fine. At least on the football field, not mentally. That the guy legit has issues. Um, but Malcolm Jenkins can still ball. And I don't mind a reunion, but if you're asking me which one would I rather have, give me the younger, faster, stronger option right now who definitely could get better. We don't know if we've seen his best football. Meanwhile, for Malcolm, we have seen his best football. Now, if you're telling me you could get both, that'd be pretty sick, but I don't know how you're going to work that out. you got to get Gardner Johnson minutes. I say overall, go for Von Bell. And people will say he's not a playmaker. He's not a ball hawk. He is a ball hawk. It's just not the way that you expect. He's not going to get you multiple interceptions. Heck, his first career interception was this year, and it's because Kiko Alonso threw it to him, you know, a, a generous tip from him. And that's not a knock on Vaughn. It's just he's not that player. But I'll tell you who Von Bell is. He's a really good leader. He's a very, very smart defender. I would go as far as to say he's the smartest guy in their secondary. I think he's a strong tackler. And most importantly... The ball's on the floor, Von Bell's picking it up. And that's not a coincidence. A lot of people don't realize there's a reason Von Bell's the guy that picks up the fumbles. He's always in the right spot. He knows where he should be, and he gets rewarded for it with a fumble recovery. So I think the Saints defense, if you can keep him at a three-year, $18 million deal, and that's not a lot, and the safety market, unfortunately for him, is not expensive right now, three years, $18 million, make it happen. Bring Von Bell back to the Saints for another couple of seasons, let him grow, let him become even better. Um, I think it'd be a huge win for this Saints team. And they might be able to go after Von Bell and make this happen because they're going to have more money. And that's because Kiko Alonso restructured his deal. Huge news for the Saints for two reasons. One, cap relief. And two, you get to keep a good linebacker who, when healthy, can make a lot of plays. But the problem is I have to sit there and tell you guys when healthy. It's never great. And I like Kiko. I think he's athletic. I think he hits well. And I think he's a good locker room guy. We've seen he hasn't had issues with the Dolphins. He hasn't had issues with the Bills, with the Eagles. He's just a smart dude and people like him. Gotta stay healthy. So what you do is, you're basically telling him right now, this is your last chance to get a payday. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a payday with the Saints. Just a payday with anyone. Stay healthy. Ball out with the Saints. Get your money in 2021. That's the formula for Kiko. And... At $7.8 million a year, it would have been way too much money for the Saints, but to bring him back and save cap space and also give him the chance to earn back that money with incentives, it's literally a win-win for both sides, and he doesn't have to learn a new playbook. And I think people forget that Kiko was coming on strong before he got hurt. He comes in, and he plays extremely well against the Bucs, and then unfortunately, he gets injured, I believe it was in the Thanksgiving game against the Falcons. I think he hurts his quad, it was. Comes back, not really the same right away, and then the playoff game tears his ACL. And that's the second time he's torn his ACL. That's a concern, don't get me wrong. But with the way these surgeries go, these guys recover so well. Either Kiko or Alex Anzalone needs to stay healthy. The bright side, they're both in contract years. I love teams that have guys in contract years. Now, the, the downside is you got to pay them. But guess what? Kamara's got to ball out. Angeloni's got to play well. Hendrickson's got to play well. Kiko Alonso's got to play well. Lattimore's got to play well. Ramchek has to play well. So many guys on the Saints where play well, get us over the hump, win a championship, get your money. That is the way. And I love that Kiko Alonso move. I do. A lot of people are saying the Saints aren't being aggressive. 
I disagree. I think the Saints, what they're doing is what all the good teams do. Everyone always makes fun of the Patriots because they're not aggressive enough. And yet, the Patriots always find themselves in the mix to win games. Well, the Saints aren't being super aggressive. They're sitting there and they're waiting to pick their moment. And there's still guys on the market that I like for this team. For example, you guys want them to get help in the secondary. A guy like Chris Harris would definitely help them in the slot. You want them to get another receiver? Well, how would a guy like Emmanuel Sanders be? How would a Brashad Perriman be? There are receivers there who can help them. And then after, you know, left guard, look, the Saints might actually get stuck keeping Andrews Pete, but you never know. Maybe they don't. But there are still ways they can improve the team. They can improve their, their team at corner. They can improve their team at wide receiver. And yet they can still improve their team at linebacker. I get the market is thinning out, um, but there are ways for the Saints to improve in that capacity. Um, so we'll see. But I'm not worried. I think what a great team does, and it's what the Saints can do if they re-sign Von Bell, take care of the guys you need to keep. You lose the ones that are expendable, like an A.J. Klein, like a Teddy Bridgewater. And then you add a piece or two that you would like to, to bring into your locker room and, and spice it up. you got to change things in today's NFL. What the Saints did, they lose Mark Ingram. I get it hurts, but they add an explosive tight end, Jared Cook, you need to adapt in today's NFL. 2017, the Saints were good, but they needed to get a little bit better on defense. They added Demario Davis. The defense has been really good ever since. Spice it up. They will make a couple of moves here and there. I don't think the Saints are going to add more than three to four guys that you would consider a household name in free agency. I don't think they add more than two. And maybe they add two role players that you haven't heard of, but in a bigger role, they'll shine. So I really do think that people need to pump the brakes on just saying, oh, the Saints didn't show up for free agency. They're behind. They didn't do their homework. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's a professional sports team. And even if Sean Payton thought free agency was going to get delayed, why the heck would he not be ready? They have their board set up and targets done way before this whole virus outbreak got out of hand and teams even thought about moving the offseason and new league year back. So I think that's just just crazy talk, in my opinion. But anyway, guys, what do you think the Saints need to do this offseason? Are you frustrated with them right now? Is there someone you want them to go sign on the open market at this moment? Whenever you're listening to it, it could be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day. Tell me who you think the Saints should get on the market. And remember what we were talking about earlier in the show, Breeze, Brady. What are your thoughts on that, that we're going to get two matchups for the NFC crown? Can't picture it any better. Two of the greats going at it twice a year. Should be really fun, not just for Saints and Buccaneers fans, if there are Bucs fans, but just NFL fans in general. It's a treat to see two of the greats go at in the same division. It should be really, really fun. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for more content. And if something breaks, make sure to come back to this podcast because I will have more episodes waiting for you in the near future.